0: We are on the cusp of a major social change. Do you feel it? Even if you don't, make no mistake, change is coming and it is going to be unforgettable. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Hart, and here on Prime Spark, where we work with and on behalf of women over 55. I want to help you find that spark that will ignite your way forward, reflect your gifts to the world, and illuminate your path through this next stage of life. Through these podcast conversations, I hope to inspire you to see how you can make a significant contribution to some of the gnarly problems that are facing us right now. Join me, and together, let's discover our Prime Spark. Hi, and welcome to Prime Spark. I'm Sarah Hart, and I'm so happy you're here with us. Prime Spark is designed for women over 55 or close, with a goal to help us all live our happiest, most fulfilling, and productive lives now and in the future. The mission of Prime Spark is to change the way our society sees and treats older women. That's a big mission, which only means we all need to be involved and we need to get going now. And today I have the pleasure of talking with Nicole Christina, a woman whose work I greatly admire. Nicole Christina is a psychotherapist who focuses on eating disorders at midlife and older. She also is a zestful ager who has hunted pythons in the Everglades and is preparing to hike the Camino in May with her three tennis friends, all over 55. Nicole is the host of a multi-award-winning podcast, Zestful Aging Podcast, which is heard in 106 countries. Many of Nicole's guests are change-makers and top experts from a variety of disciplines. She calls herself the Terry Ghost of Aging. Welcome, Nicole. I'm so happy you're here.
1: Oh, Sarah, I am delighted to be here with you.
0: So just getting started, Nicole, let me ask you, do you experience getting older? And if you do, what is that experience? And if you don't, why is it that you think that you don't?
1: That's a a complicated question, and I'll try to take a stab at it. Um, You know, recently I noticed that when I look in the mirror, um, I see a lot more when I have my glasses on. (laughs) And I noticed that there are things there that I never really noticed before different. uh, I have like this kind of indentation at one side of my face where I guess the wrinkles are, you know, and I, I never really noticed that before. I don't know. I guess I wasn't having my glasses on when I was looking. So it's undeniable. Yes, I, I am noticing it and it is really undeniable. However, I am also very aware that I have been marinating in the beliefs of a culture that doesn't appreciate older women. So I am—I try to be very mindful about where my thoughts go when I see wrinkles, when I see my neck that is... Has loose skin when I see age spots. So really, because I'm a psychotherapist and this is what we do, really try to put a pause in before I jump to, oh, that means this, this, and this. Often I will ask myself who who benefits from that belief? And I'm pretty clear who does benefit and it's not me. So I get a little sassy when I start, you know, thinking, oh, I better start looking into wrinkle creams uh, sooner rather than later. I get, I think, a bit rebellious and say, you know, that's a belief that I'm not interested in putting resources in time, money, energy. So there's that. The other side of that coin, though, is I really believe that I need to walk walk the walk and not just talk about zestful aging. So I am really on a mission to do things that are super zesty and challenging, um, because time is precious. And I feel like I have a lot of making up of time. I raised a child as a single parent, a child who has some difficulties and that was very, uh, uh, time consuming, time intensive. And now that he's grown, I have more freedom. So I have an ability to make choices about walking part of the Camino that I know is going to be really hard and doing things like going to the Everglades and going with Donna Khalil and trying to pull some of the pythons out of the Everglades because they're eating all the mammals. So there's other things like that, that I try to really push myself um to do and remain uh, vibrant and relevant?
0: Good for you, Nicole. That Two things I have to know more about. One is looking for pythons in the Everglades. I have to know more about that. And the second one is there's a lot of different hikes and walks you could do. How did you select the Camino? And you can deal with those two questions any way you want.
1: People always want to hear about the pythons. So I learned about Donna Khalil, who's in her early 60s and does not have to work because her husband is a partner in a major law firm in Miami. And they have a very lovely life. Donna grew up in the Everglades and saw the uh, the mammals being absolutely decimated by this invasive species, which is uh, what they call a, an apex predator. It has no it has no nobody eats it so it just grows in it's the perfect environment for a python but it doesn't belong there so she has seen over the years the decimation and the proliferation of these pythons and as a woman who's very tuned into the environment she has taken upon herself to go out now you don't go out whenever you feel like it when you've had your first cup of coffee you have to go out after midnight because that's when the snakes come out. She she calls herself a herper which is short for herpetologist and she loves animals of any shape or size but she she it's her mission she's been on every documentary if you look at PBS the nature series, a Japanese film crew came out, did a documentary about her. She is sort of Miss, you know, they call her the Python goddess or something. So I wanted to go down, not not because it was uh, a challenge, which it was, but I really want to meet this woman and kind of understand what made her tick. We did not see pythons because the pythons had just mated and I guess they were taking a little a little rest, but I found myself in the back of a pickup with a huge, you know, one of those huge lights and these are not roads that are improved, so I got a lot of bruises cuz I was you know, going around and nighthawks are flying over your head. We did see other snakes. We saw the birds. We saw an owl. Um, And public service announcement, Mylar balloons caught in the trees. So please don't use Mylar balloons because the birds uh, get twisted up in those strings and they starve to death. So it was an amazing experience. It was just her and I. Usually she has some volunteers, but she didn't that night. So she did ask me to hold a tail if I had to. And I thought, please don't. Don't need me to hold a tail because I'm just here for the podcast interview. But she was delightful. And I really just loved being with her and hearing her passion about, I don't like killing snakes, but I, you know, I've got to do what I can do to get the balance um, back for the mammals to come back. So it was a thrill. I still kind of can't believe I did it. And we're still in touch on Facebook. And I really admire her. Um, In terms of the Camino, I play tennis in the senior league. That's what brought me to Florida to begin with. It's not, you know, I'm not going to Wimbledon for sure, but I just love tennis and I want to play. In fact, that's where I'd like to have my last breath is hitting a really great shot. And if that's my last breath, thing that I do that would be perfect. Um, I have other, um, I have a group of, um, and they're all very active and I suggested, well, I thought I would do it myself. And then they decided they wanted to come along. So we're going to Del Norte, which is in the top of Spain, right near the coast. And I'm frankly, I'm a little anxious about it. I'm a big walker, but these are 15 mile days. It's gonna be a challenge. So I'm a little nervous about it, but I'm also I'm also excited and welcoming and know there'll be stories to tell, I'm sure.
0: Oh, and the people you'll meet along the (laughs) way. The people
1: I'll meet. And it's a funny thing that you say that because I have a mobile recording device that I use when I'm off site. And I'm going to have to check in with my friends, you know, cause we don't want this to be like a media junket. You know, I, I can imagine like, there's a lot of single women there who are walking for their own spiritual, you know, experience. I don't want it to be all about, Oh, Nicole's doing podcast interviews all day. Um, so I'll have to check with them about what's comfortable
0: this is very judgmental but it reminds me of sometimes when you're out looking at a beautiful scene and you you look around to side to side most people have their cameras up and they're not actually looking at the scene (laughs) they see it through the camera lens and i think oh you guys just look at it i mean take anyway Um, That's what what reminded me when you were talking about Megan. I had that
1: that experience. I was at the US Open and it was right before Serena retired, and people were scrolling on their phone. I'm like, what do you do? You know, you paid a lot of money to be here. We're in the presence of this athletic, you know, goddess. Why are you checking your Facebook? I was floored by that.
0: Because we are addicted to our phones.
1: That's that's it. That's you,
0: we can't and we can't put them down. It's yeah. a, it's an addiction.
1: I totally agree.
0: Okay, so tell me the other one you're involved in many things, but one of the things um as a psychotherapist is uh, working with people in midlife and older who have eating disorders. And I think I heard you say maybe it was maybe I read it someplace else, that that the disorders seem to be increasing why is that? And why do people in midlife develop eating disorders or have they always had eating disorders?
1: Great questions. Well, one of the reasons we know that they're increasing is because places like Renfrew, which is like one of the gold standards for eating disorder residential treatment, they're all over the country. Um, They have now a specific treatment track for midlife women and older. So they're getting population sizes so much that they have their own program for that. You know, it's it's multifaceted and it's also, there's so many reasons. Um, if you think about transitions, loss, adjustments, it's almost like, you know, an older adolescence where we, our identity is just changing in a, many, many ways. We may have empty nest. We may be renegotiating our partnership. It may be a gray divorce. We may decide to retire or not retire. We may, I mean, there's so many things that we are figuring out. And, you know, as, as you're, you know, because you're an expert in this, it's all also under this umbrella of ageism. So there's that. Um, But there's so many losses and so many question marks like, who am I now? You know, I have a lot of I, I work in upstate New York and I have a lot of teachers in my practice. And In New York, I don't know how it is in California, but they can retire pretty early. So they have a lot of life left after they retire. They can retire at 55. And they're just like, I have dedicated everything to teaching and my kids, my family. And now that they don't need me anymore. And these really talented, thoughtful women are saying, I don't even have a clue where to begin. So oftentimes I will ask them, you know, what used to make you happy as a kid? What'd you do? What kind of kid were you? And that can that can help. But if you think about sort of instant feedback, if you go on a a weight loss diet, like a severe diet, let's say, you get instant feedback, at least for a very short time from your scale, you're successful you're doing something you've set out to do you've accomplished this thing and i would say that at our age we get very little of that instant feedback and it feels good we will hear from other people wow you look great what are you doing you know you're you look fantastic what's your secret and I would say everyone likes to feel successful and they want to feel special. And so it's like gas on the fire, right? It's like, oh, I'm only eating kale. Now I'm going to only eat, you know, whatever. And I'm going to go to the gym, not two hours a day, but three hours a day. Um, Wait till you see, you know, me now. And, you know, we live in this Instagram society where all of that stuff is highly valued. So if we're losing weight or we're gaining muscle mass or we look good in a leotard or whatever, that all counts for a lot. That can be, we can be in a real trance about putting our value in that, you know, because that's, that's where we live, We're we're surrounded by that. So, well,
0: everything I I, have, I absolutely agree 100% with everything you've said, but none of that has changed. The only thing that's changed is the Instagram part of it. Is it if it's increasing now? I mean, is I it because there are of more women in midlife?
1: Well, you know, that is true. But also, if you think about the breakdown of our society, and, um, you know, we don't really have communities, right? So, where are we getting our meaning? Where are we feeling valued? And it used to be in religious communities or family communities. Our families don't live with us anymore. We don't have a sense of belonging. And I think that, you know, many sociologists, you know, have have written about this. But it's like, where am I feeling like I matter? And what's the point of getting up in the morning? at you know and so i think that that has changed over the years where we don't feel a sense of i'm important in this realm to these people to this community and so we're really trying to find desperately find a place that we do feel seen and valued and yes there are more women over 50 we know that in terms of you know the demographics, but I think there's also less to help us feel uh, whole.
0: How did you select this as a as a as a focus? I mean, what what brought you to that point?
1: Well, I went to a graduate school that was very female focused, a, a Smith College, and they're very interested in the female relationship and I'm a social worker. So I'm i I'm really keyed into culture and, and perceptions that develop based on messaging that we're getting. And, you know, that's kind of like ground zero messaging for women about how they should look, how big they should be, um, and how they should show up in the world. So, um, and there was a great need for it. i my office uh, was very close to Syracuse University, and it was like a you know an on ramp for people really struggling, the faculty, the staff, and the students. so it was it was very needed. and you know i I was interested in how women who would be so talented, I had this one woman, I give this example a lot. It it must've been 30 years ago, who was an acclaimed poet. She was a graduate student. They have a very good um, creative writing program. And all she could do is talk about the donut that she ate that day. She could not get beyond the fact that she was going to be fine after eating this donut. And, you know, I, I, you know, I've talked to women who are so bright, um, who are saying, you don't understand, like, I binge to survive. This isn't something that I can take or leave. It feels like I can't not do it and and maintain any mental stability. So, um, you know, I I, I just found that so fascinating that we could believe something that was so inaccurate and harmful.
0: As, yeah. as you as you're talking one of the things I'm, I'm i'm thinking is that when i was growing up there certainly was pressure to fit in um, i think um, I've been, i was thinking the other day about uh, we used to have bobby socks and we would twist them in just a certain way so that the so that the, the lines of the socks you know, lined up a certain way. And and crazy. But it was that's what you did. Now, so I felt that, but nothing, nothing, nothing like the pressure young women feel today. And it it is the internet. I mean that's that's what's really changed everything. Um, because the pressure they feel is I think so much more intense than what I felt. We all felt it as an adolescent. But not to the same extent. And I think I think, and I think it's the internet. And so yeah. you, you leap forward 30 years and it's the same thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, you you see, I interviewed Peggy Orenstein, who you may be familiar with. She wrote Girls and Sex, Boys and Sex. She's a social critic. She lives in Berkeley. And you know, we we talked all about this and this idea that People now, teenagers, you'll ask them what they want to do, and they say, I want to be famous. And they don't talk about, because I wrote this great book or because I discovered this great cure for muscular dystrophy or whatever, they want to be famous. So the idea of being a celebrity is is like the height of success. Um, and I agree with you. And I don't think it's any surprise that people who developed some of these platforms do not let their children use them um very that's know. very telling isn't it it's very telling
0: does you do you deal with this kind of thing in your very very popular podcast zestful yeah. aging podcast describe it because it is very popular
1: oh thank you i've been doing it for a long time sarah so it's not was not an overnight success i'm on year six I interview people. This is the blessing of being a podcast host. You know, it's not clinical work. You're not trying to think about, you know, any kind of structure or diagnosis or any, any cluster. You're just having fun, right? And um, and I found, and and I'm sure you have as well. In fact, we've interviewed some of the same people. I know. Sure, we have. Yeah, yeah. I think Ashton Applewhite was one of them. That you just get to really have fun and, and and try to really understand what makes them tick. And what I found is that, you know, a lot of people are promoting books or documentaries or their work, and they're pretty, pretty accessible to coming on the show, which has been a delight. And sometimes it's a just a pinch me moment. I mean, I've interviewed people whose books I read in grad school who really had a formative you know, like, uh, you know, they're like, this is how I learned about such and such. And now I'm talking to you and I can ask you anything I want. That's just like being in a candy store for me. So that's why I say the Terry Gross of Zestful Aging, because she interviews such a variety of people. Yeah, it's been it's been, you know, I I get kind of uh, emotional talking about it because you know, I'm very fortunate. I'm privileged. I have a practice, um, a clinical practice and all the stuff. But this has enhanced my life in a way I could never, ever have imagined. And being able to talk to... I have a woman who's an actress. She was in the uh, Sense8, which was a network uh, Netflix cult classic. She played the mother. And she goes to San Quentin to... Teach people hospice skills because, of course, all the inmates are also aging. And so that's how she spends her free time. And I think you're the kind of woman that I just absolutely admire. I also do a lot of work on resilience because my belief is that if you become an adult, you have had to deal with some traumatic loss of some sort or some grief and um you know that has been undoing at at some level and so i'm very interested in how women older women have negotiated what life will bring the bitter sweetness of life which you can be tremendously successful and also have had your heart ripped out um and so i'm very interested in that Experience of holding both, you know, holding both parts is the pain and the beauty of life. And more and more, those are the people that I've been talking to. So I'm very fortunate. I also am kind of um, brazen in who I'll ask to be on. And sometimes they say yes and sometimes they say no. Um, but it's been, it, it's really hard to put into words. And I've talked to other podcasters who are like, yeah, it's like our baby, you know, I just, I can't get enough of talking to people like yourself who have had a wealth of experience and who can speak deeply and and honestly about what it's like to live this life as an older woman.
0: Two things occur to me. One is, yes, doing a podcast has the The best thing about it has been the incredible people I've spoken to. And I think over time, one does get more brazen or probably quits. Because I decided, I remember saying to a friend of mine, I'm going to ask some big deal women if they'll be on my podcast. And I thought, what is the worst thing that can happen? They'll say no. I mean, we're all... Very polite most of the time, and they're not going to say, God, "You've got to be kidding me." I mean, they're right. just going to say no. That's and right. Then, you know, I've had lots of nos in my life, and so I don't die with a no. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> and so
0: once I learned that, I thought I'm going to ask, and they'll say yes or they'll say no. And also the the transitions and the resilience. You know, I was thinking of the other day about the the amount of resilience most of us have developed through the whole COVID experience. We either got very resilient or we got very ill uh, psychologically or or physically or both because that was a a, a unique experience to say, to 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 try to find a word for what kind of experience it was. Mm. Looking back, it was sort of I need to do what? You can what? Okay, well, okay. I was read I have a five-year diary and it's just it's just a few lines for each year. So I was I was the other day, I was reading back through summer 2020 and I came to April, someday in April 2020, and I and I wrote my I have a cat, Mr. Boo, and I wrote, Mr. Boo, we could be in this for a couple more weeks. Oh, isn't that sweet?
1: No. it's a good thing you didn't know right i mean isn't that i think if we would have known it would have been even worse it would have more been undoing. Yeah. yeah
0: it would have been because uh, you can sort of live in hope yes you know there there is an end point maybe next month but there but there, there is an end point well okay well it didn't end well there isn't maybe next month you know yes okay. yes yes Okay, Nicole, tell me, you have done so many things. What haven't you done that you're dreaming of? What's next?
1: Gosh, you know, I've been trying to get a TV show. I'm uh, My podcast lives on WCNY, uh, which is a public radio station in Syracuse, which I'm delighted because I'm a total, you know, documentary nerd and public, all things public radio and NPR and stuff. I would love to get a TV show and bring uh, Zestful Agers on and have a wider audience and to to really illustrate what women, what vibrance looks like, what engagement and curiosity looks like. So I think that's the one thing I've I pitched it to them and they're like, oh, we don't have room. And, you know, I think that that is still out there as like a big a big dream. And you know, aging is such a relevant topic now. um and I just I guess I'm a little bit surprised that we're not seeing more of it uh, even on network TV. It's just slow and and changing. But I guess i I, I would have to say that's my big, that's my that's my dream.
0: Oh, I hope that happens for you, Nicole, Thank because you. I would love to see you talk to zestful agers, not super agers. I'm not. Right. I'm. I mean, good for them. But I'm not interested in finding out more about the woman who, at ninety, yes. did the marathon. The exactly.
1: You know, I'm, I'm not.
0: That's not what I'm. I'm interested in people who are aging happily, zestfully, and it's not, they don't have problems. They've got problems, but they're doing it. They're I, so-
1: I'm so happy you said that, because I think that that's another way to, um uh, it, it, it's, I guess it's not exactly ageism. It's this funky little weird, perverse ageism. It's like, look at this freak, you know, she's old and she can do the, she's hiking the Himalayas, she's hiking in Nepal. That is not, the normal experience so then we start saying how come i can't do that you know i walked five miles and my knees really hurt the next day it's not helpful i don't think to put out that i don't,
0: think, that, so. I don't think so either and i think that's an interesting observation that it's almost a perverse ageism because- it's like a, it's
1: like looking in the zoo you know look at this weird species
0: Interest. Well, I hope you just keep going. You just keep, you will get it some. I mean, <laughs> I've only been doing Prime Spark now for three going, I guess, on four years. And mm-hmm. in that time, we've got a long way to go. But in that time, I am amazed sometimes at the number of books and articles and podcasts and so forth that are coming out, dealing with ageism, gendered ageism. And it's it's creeping. And so it will keep going because we're coming and we're, we're
1: coming. I'm going to have to deal with this and we're going to be quiet talking, about it. <laughs> I was talking to Ken Dykwald a couple weeks ago, who's like this massive, you know, aging expert, which is, I was so nervous that I made like a really dumb joke that laid, it would just didn't go it it was embarrassing, but um he said to me in no uncertain terms, and this guy is like he's the one he he he's just talks about future trends, and that's all he does. He said the future is female. Um, there is no doubt about that. You know, we live longer, we're uh and we're going to live longer. And we're going to keep living longer. And the future really is female in terms of policy making, power, money decision, all this stuff. And he said it in such a clear, decisive way. I thought, wow, I I want to be around for that.
0: You will be. And so (laughs) will I. And we will. Yay. I'll see you there. Oh, we're at the end of our time, Nicole. But I can imagine people are going to want to get in touch with you. So if they do, how can they do that?
1: Just hop on over to zestfulaging.com. There are a lot of freebies over there. And if you're interested in eating disorder stuff, I do have... Interviews with people who do a lot of intuitive eating, mindful eating, all of that. Certainly there's a variety, but uh, it's a it's got a very much of a humanistic uh, slant. You're not going to see how to apply makeup to hide your wrinkles. Other people do that. I don't that's just not that interesting to me. So if you want to hear some sort of off the beaten track uh, interviews with people who are are really just zesting out, that's the place to go. I love it
0: love it. So be sure to go to Zestful Aging or Agers? Aging. ZestfulAging.com. Go and get the freebies and listen to some podcasts. So that's our time today. Please join us again. You can find our Prime Spark podcast on every popular outlet. Find out more about Prime Spark at www.primesparkwomen.com. Thank you so much to my guest, Nicole Christina. And don't forget, you can find her at ZestfulAging.com. Thank you for being with us today. Spread tolerance and love. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like to stay updated, you can head over to my website, PrimesparkWomen.com, and get my free spark guide, Seven questions to ignite your spark, to help you discover your own spark. See you in the next episode.